Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of All Cued Up, or what I'm calling Fuck December. Uh, I'm your, uh, If you're new here, what we do on this podcast, we review shows that are exclusive to streaming service at Flynn Prime. It's been a while since we've done this, actually. Uh, it's been about, what, three weeks? I am rusty. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz. With me always is Maya Don Fisher. How has your past week's been? <laughs> uh, very hectic. Very, very hectic. Um, a lot been going on. Uh, well, I mean, you know, we, we, we had to take a couple of weeks off because one week I was sick, the next week Greg was sick. Yeah, I was going to say, because there was, there was something else that happened, but yeah, it's been, it's just, it's just, god damn, I, my sick was COVID, by the way. Mine wasn't, I just had a nasty sinus infection. Which isn't much better, but, but I sounded like ass and was constantly coughing, and I was like, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to record with that shit, so. But yeah, that's, uh, and then it's just been like, thing after thing this month with other friends and family, it's just been constant. Yeah, yeah, it's been, you been know, rough. it's 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 been a rough month, and I'm not going to put anybody's business out there. No, 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 no. But Neither am I? But yeah, um, the people in our lives know that we love them and are here for them. Um, but yeah, uh, so on the upside of things. I had some pictures made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my friend Tessie and I went to Knoxville, Tennessee, which is about um, three hours from me. Not quite three hours from me. Um, two and a half hours. It's about an hour and a half from where she lives. Uh, it's just over two and a half hours where I live. But... uh we went and had uh, boudoir photos done uh, in this incredible loft. Uh, and Small World, the photographer that did our pictures, we didn't get them done together. She had a session, I had a session, but we were both present for each other's sessions. Uh, the, uh, the photographer that did our photos is the younger half-sister of one of my lifelong friends from school. Oh, which good. I did not I did not know that until like two days after the fact. And I was telling my cousin that I had been uh that I had them done. She's like, Who did them? And I told her, She's like, Do you realize who that is? I was like, No. And she told me, I was like, Holy shit. So that's crazy. Uh incredible experience, a lot of fun. I was nervous at first a little bit. And she walked me through the pose and everything, you know, and she's like, it's going to feel weird, but just do what I say. And then you'll see the results and we'll go from there. So she walked me through the first pose, showed me the picture of myself. And I was just like quoting Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. I'd like, I'd fuck me. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. It was amazing. So I should be getting the pictures back any day now. I'm really excited. Uh, but yeah, awesome. it was a it was a lot of fun. Uh, 
Talk about a confidence boost, Jesus. Yes, it was. I'm, I posted that sneak peek everywhere and have been getting lots of compliments. So, um, but yeah, funny story happened though before we went down to the hotel in Knoxville because we stayed at a hotel and then we shot the next afternoon in this incredible loft space like this building. It was a three story building. But the loft space was on the second and third floor, but it also had a basement too. And in the basement is like a bar, an old speakeasy type bar from the Prohibition era, which was just awesome looking. But the first floor is like an office building, but the second and third floor is a loft living space. And it was just fucking gorgeous. And... We were like, I wonder how much this place would go for a month. Before we saw the whole thing, we were thinking, yeah, probably about three or four grand a month. But then after seeing the whole thing, we're thinking it's probably a 10 grand a month space. It was crazy. (coughs) But did get a funny story out of the trip. You okay? Okay. Oh. I was going to say, I did get a funny story out of the trip uh, (laughs) involving uh, Chastity's contractor. Yeah. Long-time listeners will know. I mean, amputee. Uh, Long-time listeners may also know that I love making up new excuses as to why I lost my leg when I meet somebody new and they discover I'm an amputee. Well, this was no different. Now, her contractor, he's a younger guy. He's like 26. And he pulled up into her driveway in the back of the house and was getting tools out of this box truck that he's got because he had to go and do a job. uh, So he needed tools. And they were joking that he just, just, uh, instead of taking the box truck, he just wanted to make extra work for himself to load him up into his regular truck because he had just gotten it back. And I was like, what do you mean? Just got it back. What was wrong with your truck? He said, my dog shot it. I was like, wait, what? Your dog shot your truck. Yeah. I said, that's a farmer's insurance commercial. If I've ever heard of one, how does that happen? And he proceeds to tell me that he laid a, loaded shotgun in the rear of his truck in the back seat and his dog was laying back there and his dog stretched and it made the gun go off Jesus! i said that would scare i said did it scare the shit out of you he said no he said i was kind of used to it he's like what do you mean you're kind of used to it he's like well it wasn't the first time it happened i was like this isn't the first time you've had a loaded gun in your vehicle and it go off yeah I was like, maybe stop loading your fucking guns in the vehicle. He's like, a loaded gun's useless. I was like, so is a vehicle with a hole in the fucking door from a fucking gunshot. You know? Um, But I was joking around with him. I said, you know, I can kind of relate, though. I mean, it's a crazy story, but I've had crazier happen to me personally. And he says, really? I was like, yeah, I'm an amputee. He's like, you're an amputee? And I had boots on there. They come up all the way to my knees. So I pulled my boot down a little bit. And I said, yeah, see, here's my prosthetic. And knocked on the shell and showed him the pole. And 
he was like, oh. So then he was all, how'd you lose your leg? I said, well, that's the fucked up thing. I was like, it was it was four years ago, right before Christmas. We were at a family function. And my Uncle Dale was fucking showing off his fucking guns in his gun case to cut some of the nephews. And Aunt Peggy was walking around with a fucking cigarette. And she dropped a lit cigarette on the cat and caught the cat's ass on fire. The cat takes off running and squalling, gets into the fucking Christmas tree, knocks the Christmas tree over. The star from the Christmas tree fell into the gun cabinet, dislodged a fucking 10-gauge shotgun, which is illegal in Virginia, by the way, a 10-gauge is. And it fell to the floor. My legs laying there. Boom. All of a sudden, the rest of my legs laying over there. And he is wide-eyed, jaw open. He's like, was it a slug or was it birdshot? And I looked at him just dead serious. And I said, do you think if it was birdshot, I wouldn't have my leg now? Of course it was a slug. He totally bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And then Chastity and her sister Joy just busted out fucking laughing and ruined the whole thing and well i thought they had ruined it all and it, he's like what's so funny and chastity's like it's not a true story you fucking idiot i was like damn it I had this guy going you know had known him all of five fucking minutes yeah had him going and i was just like damn uh but yeah weekend was a fun time uh, then got yeah. back to a crazy, hectic week. Um, uh, but yeah, things have uh, turned out okay. Uh, the stress of the past couple of days. And we got to play D&D last night, finally, for the first time. Because we didn't get to play last week. Because I was sick, and you were sick, and it sucked. We missed. But got to play last yeah. night. That was fun. Yeah, it was it was a good time. It was, we for sure thought we were gonna fight that that uh, that woman. Like we were, Andy, Andy and I were talking about before we uh, we even you know started playing. It was like we're gonna have to talk to her, but you know we're gonna fight her first, so I have to have questions for her. <laughs> and then we didn't fight her. We were like, oh, okay. All right, not what I expected. Um, yeah, I just the thing about fucking having COVID, y'all, is it 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 ruins everything you had planned, everything. Um, and it it's like <clears throat> I was very careful for of not getting COVID for you know uh, over two, two years. years. Yeah. And what, how we got COVID was my dad. Uh, he has to have uh, dialysis. And, <clears throat> and as of right now, we don't have a car. And uh, so what he does is he takes Uber in the morning, and then he gets a ride home from somebody that's there and lives near us. Well, him and that guy thought it'd be okay to not wear the mask in the car. And that guy's wife had COVID, which means he had COVID. So then my dad caught COVID, brought it all home to us. I then went to work on Friday, the, the, the like two days after he caught it, and uh, gave it to my coworker. So then our boss was the only one at the place for the past two weeks. Oh, wow. 
The thing is, is she doesn't have any shots. She doesn't believe in it. Your boss? No, no, my boss too. My boss was like, "Stay the fuck home." Oh. No, the the, the woman I gave it to. Oh. Yeah. Had I known I had it, you know, I would have I'd said something earlier, but I didn't know I had it. I thought I had a cold. So my dad was like, I have a cold. I'm like, okay. But dude, it's it's been I still kind of have it. That's the problem. Like if you see me cough, it's it's remnants from that shit. Yeah, yeah. And you're still a little congested too. You still got a little sniffles there, I heard. Yeah. It'll be that way for a little bit. It's it's it ain't fun. The the other thing is that uh uh because my mom's a smoker, like her cough has been a thousand times worse than than mine. And like I this is Don't catch COVID. It's so bad. Um and we caught the newest variant too. So the weaker variant, and this is after you've been vexed and boosted. Yeah. But this also very also lasts like on test and whatnot for a while. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a Delta variant. <clears throat> it's called BQ what BQ one or something like that. But yeah, I've uh, the other thing that sucks is about is 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 just taking these these bad boys. The antigen test, like uh, touching your brain and shit. Oh, God, it's awful. It's fucking awful. But I go back to work this Friday, and I'm not exactly looking forward to it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but uh, in that meantime, I I did catch up on a lot of shit. So there's that. I guess that's a positive. But yeah, shout out to all my all my uh, like all the friends nearby and whatnot that have like helped us out the past few week the, the past two weeks. We had a couple people bring some stuff to us, and then though the the one thing that sucked probably the most from this whole situation was uh, my um, because my dad has he has to go to dialysis. The location that's near us, like I say, he takes an Uber in the morning three days a week. It's twenty bucks, and then he gets mm-hmm. a ride home from a guy, and he gives that guy five dollars. So for my dad, it's about seventy five dollars a week, which is a lot better than one hundred twenty, which was what it was before he started getting the ride. Yeah. Uh the only location near us that would accept somebody with COVID to get the dialysis was further away, meaning it was like $42 there and 42 back. That's 85 a day. Oh god. Yeah. Luckily he's done with that. Yesterday was his last trip there, so but that was like Fuck me, dude. It was so bad. But um, other than that, it's been it's been all right. It's genuinely been okay. Uh, I was feeling to get outside this house. I can tell you that. Started to get stir crazy. But yeah, it was nice to get out of town for a couple of days. Even though my trip was only like Thursday and Friday, and I was you know not even gone a full forty eight hours. It was still nice to get up, get the fuck out of town. Yeah. So yeah, the last episode that we recorded was back in November, huh? Yeah. Because I I know that the uh, the, the week after Thanksgiving. Of, I was gonna say yeah, the two of the things that we were gonna talk about 
are uh, um, we're like right at the end of December or November. So, well, let's get into that because it's getting. I know it's a little late for you. Um, it is nine o'clock on the dot. <laughs> um, the three things that we're going to talk about today are the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, uh, a Christmas story Christmas, which is a sequel to a Christmas story. In the first four episodes of Willow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we watched... Because it was two episodes on the premiere. One, and then... Yeah, and then this this newest one. So four fucking episodes of Willow. Um, but yeah, we're going to start with uh, the Guardians Christmas special. The Guardians uh, of the Galaxy holiday special. Holiday actually. special. Well, that's weird considering... Like, the whole thing is about Christmas. Not yeah. holidays. Yeah. I think he named it that because he wanted to play off the old Star Wars holiday special. Oh, very likely. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this was 45 minutes long. Uh, 42 minutes long, excuse me. And basically the Guardians, uh, and this, this ties into the MCU, the Guardians have purchased nowhere from the Collector and they've added Cosmo the Space Dog as a new team member. And Craglin is telling the rest of the Guardians a childhood story about how Yondu ruined Christmas for Quill. And Mantis decided to take it upon, uh, take it up with Drax about finding the first, uh, the perfect Christmas present for Peter. Uh, because the latter is very depressed following the loss of Gamora. And after brainstorming for ideas, they decide to go to Earth to retrieve Peter Quill's childhood hero, actor Kevin Bacon. Although they didn't know he was an actor, they just thought he was this legendary hero that saved a town with the power of dance. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, so it's, it's basically, you know, then focuses on Mantis and Drax arriving in Hollywood where they search for Kevin Bacon. Uh, they do the walk of fame, you know, and all the cosplayers and everything. And they make a bunch of money taking pictures with people. Uh, they eventually get a map of celebrities, residences and locate Kevin Bacon's home and Bacon's waiting for his family to come home and, Drax and Mantis show up at his house and abduct him and take him to nowhere. Uh, it's, it, and, you know, and then uh, warm, fuzzy feeling stuff happens and ensues. You know, Kevin Bacon sings a song. Yeah. Uh, Christmas is saved. Peter is happy. And a big reveal. We learned that um mantis's father was ego so her and peter quill are a uh, half brother and sister so which that was cool. like yeah because i was like that's there's a few things that we learn because like right after this christmas special came out it was like a week after the trailer for guardians volume three came out yep and it's you know obviously gonna be james gunn's last thing doing with marvel because well, he's in charge of DC fucking movies, so, um, <clears throat> which I'm I'm totally okay with. Uh, well, I'm not okay with if they don't end up using Henry Cavill as Superman and he left The Witcher for no fucking reason. 
Uh, you know why he might have left The Witcher, right? Did I tell you that? No. So, we all know that he's a huge fucking nerd, right? Yeah. Apparently, he had a giant argument with the writers because they didn't really be in a direction that felt right for Geralt. Huh. So, I'm not super hopeful for the next season of The Witcher. I've not seen anything about that. I saw a bunch online right, right after it happened. Um, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, we, the things we learned about the Guardians is, like you said, they they are now in charge of uh, nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Gamora's still gone. Uh, we also learned that they have direct access to Earth. They know where it is. They know how to get there. They have a new ship called the Bowie. Yep. Um, you know the the whole thing with with uh, Mantis and and Peter Quill being brother and sister. Uh, Craglin's wearing Yondu's fucking mohawk now, and you know has the arrow. Yeah. Um. You know, I like that they are cementing Yondu being a better father than he was, you know, perceived to be because he was a Ravager. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot that they gave to us in that 45 minutes. Plus, it was really funny. Like, I yes, really it enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Like, Psykill, the Gobot, fucking <laughs> Drax beating the shit out of him. That was pretty good, guys. Really good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, 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 I'll say this much about it. If you're a fan of the Guardians and you haven't watched this yet, I don't know what you're doing with your time. Like, it is so much fun. Like, even people who didn't like fucking Love and Thunder, they still say that the stuff with the Guardians at the beginning was the most entertaining part, so. True. And James Gunn was there, too. Well, I don't think he was on set when they filmed that stuff. I could be wrong. I think they filmed Guardians, like, right the fuck after they filmed that bit. Or it was around the same time, but I know that James Gunn like went to Taika was like, "Can you change a few things here? Does this make sense for my for the direction of the characters I wrote?" So, even though I know how you feel about Taika, uh, well, you know, I've tried. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna because we have a lot to talk about this. Like I we do. What? Um, I'm trying to think of anything else to add to the. Yeah, I know. Well, I noticed that and I was like, "Well, we're actually it's less time than I thought." It's also late. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else to add to it. There was that. There was that great bit at the end where uh, Groot's giving. Everyone's getting presents, and I'd really like to know how fucking Nebula got, uh, Winter Soldier's arm for for a Rocket. Bucky's arm? That was I have no idea how the fuck she got that. She has her ways, so I'll just, you know. Maybe maybe in the next uh Captain America movie we'll we'll find out. Maybe. Maybe she recreated it. Who knows? Um Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else to add to oh that's right, it was it was Groot's uh, presence that he gave to everybody. And the one that Craglin got was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Present without a present without a present. Uh yeah, it's just it's just real special. It's real nice. 
the it song was definitely the be- it was definitely heartwarming. Yes. The song in the beginning about Santa Claus was so fucking funny. Agreed. Real band too, by the way. Like they perform regular shit all the time. <clears throat> but uh yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it an A plus. I, I don't I had nothing wrong like bad to say about it. I've watched it three times and I really enjoyed it, so it's super fun. All ages. Adds a lot to what we already know. This is true. It is all age appropriate. It's a lot of fun. It's uh gives us a lot of new information. And it, you know, if you, you want something different from the traditional uh Rudolph Grinch, Charlie Brown Christmas kind of things, this is a lot of fun and a nice alternative. I also give it an A plus. There you go, folks. You should give it a give it a give it a little watch, a little look see. Um, well, let's go ahead and move on to a Christmas story. Christmas, which is on, you can find that as of right now. You still can. Uh, yeah, yeah. HBO Max. Yeah. Was it? Did I say HBO Max? What did I say? I don't know because you cut out. You robot it on me. Ooh. <gasps> what? I'm just going to let you read it. Wow. Henry Cavill is officially out as Superman. Both James Gunn and Cavill have confirmed the news. All right. Now I'm pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Huh. Uh, let's see. So James Gunn has announced that he and DC Studios co-president Peter Safran's plan for DC is complete. And while he'll share more in the new year, one project he revealed is a young Superman movie. A young Superman. He tweeted out literally at less than an hour ago. Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which he, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects in the beginning of the new year. Among those on the slate is Superman. In the initial stages, our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life, so the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. So that doesn't mean Henry Cavill couldn't play Superman in the future. That just means... (laughs) Not in the next version. Not in the next version, so... Wow. That's, that's, That's big. That is big. I can't believe that happened as we were recording. And as we just talked about it five fucking minutes ago. No shit. No kidding, dude. Oh, that's... <laughs> God. I swear to... I swear to Jeebus. Uh, Alright, anyway. Uh, yeah. Christmas story Christmas. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That just took me off... Took me, uh, took me by surprise. But a Christmas story Christmas. Actually, the fourth movie in, since the original Christmas story. Um, and you you may ask yourself, what? Yes, because there was a Christmas story in 83. Uh, then there was a sequel to a Christmas story in 
the nineties called, uh, uh, what was it called again? Uh, let me look that up while you tell the plot. A, cause it was part of a, of a, like a almost anthology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was my, something, my fantastic summer or something along those lines. No, the, the original Christmas story is from a book of anecdotes called from 1966 called in God, we trust all others pay cash. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the second movie though. The second movie you're talking about. Are you talking about this movie that we're going to review? Or are you talking about the, the actual sequel that that came out in 2012? No, this is the fourth movie in the franchise. That's what I was saying. Originally, A Christmas Story came out in 1983. Right. Then in the 90s, there was a sequel to A Christmas Story about Ralphie and his brother Randy and the old man. Uh, but it was called my, it's called My Summer Story. That was the actual se- the first sequel to A I- Christmas Story. Yes. And then in 2012, they did A Christmas Story 2. And now this is A Christmas Story Christmas. I'm fairly confident that for a Christmas story Christmas, the other two, which is that fucking second one, you're never heard of that second one. Um, a theatrical sequel involving Rafi and his family title that runs in the family was made in 1994 with the exception of Teddy, Teddy Moore as Miss Shields, uh, Ralphie's teacher and Jean Shepard as a narrator of the young adult Ralphie. It features an entirely different cast. It received a limited release before we um, retitled my summer story for home video and television release. So it released in theaters as it runs in the family. Okay. okay. Very short limit. Yeah. And then Christmas Story 2 is a direct sequel, direct direct sequel to the film, which ignores the references of my story. And we started in 12. Wow, you just wrote about it really <laughs> I didn't bad, even know but... about that other one. Yeah, fucking good, too. I enjoyed it. I've only seen it like twice. But yeah, this my summer story. I've never heard of this movie. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, but yeah, Christmas story. Christmas. It opens up and it's set in December of nineteen seventy three, thirty three years after the events of a Christmas story, and we see a grown up Ralphie Parker who's moved away from home in Indiana and lives in Chicago with his wife, Sandy, and his two children, Mark and Julie. Uh, Ralphie's been taking the year off from an unspecified rat race job to write his first novel, but its excessive length leads multiple publishers to reject it. As the family prepares for Ralphie's parents to come to visit for Christmas, Mrs. Parker calls to tell Ralphie that his father, a.k.a. the old man, has sadly passed away. The grief-stricken family makes its way to Homan and Ralphie's beat-up 66 Plymouth to be with Mrs. Parker, who's received a large number of casseroles as condolence offerings. She gives Ralphie two tasks. Write his father's obituary and take up his mantle of making Christmas special for the family. That's the general outline for the movie. And uh, by, by the by, I was because I was looking at stuff because I was just curious. Um, apparently... Listen to this shit, Maya. This film is eighth installment in the Parker Family Saga franchise. Eighth? 
the eighth. Eighth. Wow. I was wrong. So I I, I didn't realize there. I, I mean, what the fucking did you think I did? I thought there were three. <laughs> um. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so there's the the Phantom of the Open Hearth in 76, the Great yeah. American Fourth of July and Other Disasters in 82, Christmas Story in 83, the Star-Crossed Romance of Josephine Kosnowski in 85, Ollie Hopnoodle's Haven of Bliss in 88, It Runs in the Family, My Summer Story in 94, A Christmas Story 2 in 2012, and A Christmas Story Christmas in 2022. Holy shit. Anyway, what I was also going to say was that A Christmas Story Christmas ignores everything else other than the one movie. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That, I, I was, that's what I was looking for. I needed to know if this movie ignored everything else other than A Christmas Story. Finding this fucking pile. Wow. Wow. And they all they're all involving like Ralph is the main character. And apparently, uh Gene Shepard, uh, who was the guy that Ralphie was loosely based upon his childhood, narrated just about every one of them until he died. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Crazy, crazy. Learn something new every day. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you see uh, Ralphie's kids befriending one of the bumpest kids next door. Uh, you see Ralphie reunite with uh, Flick and Schwartz, his two best friends from school. Uh, Schwartz still lives with his mom, uh, which was a, a running gag. And uh, also a very large uh, beer tab at Flick's Tavern. But, yeah, you know... Uh, it shows it's it's just a nice simple feel good christmas movie and there are some shenanigans that happen along the way you know there's a couple of bullies that are bullying ralphie's kids just like you know ralphie and his friends had bullies when they were kids and ralphie's like you gotta stand up to them and you know these bullies had a snowmobile and we're fond of running over snowmen. So Ralphie's kids decide to build a snowman around a tree stump. And, you know, the snowmobile gets totaled. Funny stuff. The snowball yeah, fight. That was that was funny. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a... I think the thing for this movie that cracked me up was uh, how much they tried to be like a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. And there were some times where I honestly felt like they tried a little too hard at moments. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, it's almost beat for beat trying to, well, not beat for beat, but in the same vein uh, traditionally as a Christmas story, but also with the setbacks you know it's like okay this went great and then boom setback ah but you know i get what you're saying there there were times when it felt like it was reaching a little bit reaching a little hard 
yeah, like I think the other thing is that the stuff that they they really wanted to be a surprise or like <gasps> was so telegraphed. <laughs> like, for example, the snowball fight. Loved it. Thought it was great. Thought it was hilarious that he hit his daughter in the fucking face with one. That was really fucking funny. Yeah, um, that was. But I was like, the trunk's going to open at some point and then this present's going to get stolen. Like, it was so obvious, but they filmed it in a way that was like, sure, you might have found it obvious, but we weren't necessarily trying to hide it. And I was like, well, we weren't, weren't trying to hide it either. So... Cause like they they you know they took they they did a close up of the fucking trunk opening a little bit you know when they went to the hospital, and I was like okay, but at the same time you know it was definitely on our mind when they were having the snowball fight and they're all out there, out and having a good time, and I'm like the shit's gonna get stolen, oh okay not exactly where but I knew it, <laughs> so I don't know it's uh it's really my only issue with it is that it's just. It it hit those beats so so precisely that by the time it got to something meaningful, I was like, I, I felt like I had seen it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. This it, it didn't do anything new, and you know, but Which it might felt like point. it, it might be- not been trying. Yeah, it's not trying to do anything new. I don't feel. Um, I think it was trying to feel like just a smooth transition from what you knew into something familiar and i think they accomplished that oh yeah 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 i don't want to like come across as i'm, I'm just nitpicky because it's enjoyable mm-hmm. it's good is it great not really is it something i'll watch again no i'd rather watch a christmas story like if i if i I'm gonna watch movies, and it's it's gonna be a Christmas story, and not this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, the it even has that scene because if you remember a Christmas story, Christmas, there's a couple scenes that feel like it would have been told by a ten year old. And you're mm-hmm. like, that makes sense because the unreliable narrator of this movie is a ten year old. Yeah, but in a Christmas story, Christmas, Ralphie as a thirty or no, almost forty year old 40, man, forty three year old, forty three, is telling the story. He's not an unreliable narrator, or at least he's not supposed to be. So the scene in which one of his old friends has to slide down that big ramp to get rid of his bar tab. Yeah, Schwartz. Schwartz, I was like, this feels like it's being told by his son and not him. So, because it seemed ridiculous. It seemed over the top. Was it funny and entertaining? Absolutely. Was the writer part of my brain going, hmm, this is, this is told differently. This is told weird compared to the rest of the movie. But I'll, I'll go with it. So, it is what it is. It's hard it is hard to be nitpicky on something like this because you know that they're just making this movie to to give you a good time. They're not trying to you know make the next fucking super thought provoking film that is going to be talked about for the next 60 years. Yeah. You can't live up to the original Christmas story. You just can't. And I think they knew that. So 
but I mean, in that regard, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and give it a, a B plus. That's pretty much where I was thinking too. It's good, but it's not quite great. You know, like the original, the original's timeless. Exactly. But it's a worthy follow-up, a worthy successor. I mean, if you've seen A Christmas Story 2, you know that this movie's better already. So, yes, I'm going to talk shit about Christmas Story 2. It's not a great movie. I've never seen it. It's all a long time ago. It's not great. Not great. Um, well, we have uh, one more thing to talk about, so we'll go ahead and move on. But yeah, definitely, if, if you like Christmas Story, check out Christmas Story Christmas. But watch it with family, you know, especially with kids around. Like, I think it'll everyone will have a good time. Um, but yeah, uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is Willow, the TV series on Disney+. Plus. But before we get into that, pardon me. That came out of nowhere. Um, came out of your throat hole. No shit. <laughs> it's just the right I used to smoke cigarettes 27 hours a day. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I hadn't watched the film in years. Like, I think the last time I had seen it, I was like seven. And I'm not kidding. Like, it, it I barely remembered it at all. If you would ask me the plot to Willow, I couldn't have told you. Genuinely. So, my dad hadn't watched it since the fucking 80s, or early 90s at the least. Yeah. So, we decided to watch Willow before we watched the TV series. Willow. Yeah, Willow before Willow. Um, Boy, oh boy. Is it, like, first and foremost, I've known this piece of information, in fact, for a long fucking time. Willow is basically the fanny, fanny, the fantasy version of what George Lucas wanted Star Wars to be. Yeah. Um, Star Wars was such a success that he was like, I get to do my own thing now, right? I could do whatever I want. Cool. And nobody stopped him because he could. Uh, I know that people love that original movie. It was not the easiest watch for me. <laughs> it is. It's a bit rough. It's a bit dated. If, you, if that makes sense. Were there fun know. moments? The effects certainly don't hold up. Oh, I'm not talking about the effects. I can handle the effects. But Shit, I, I'll watch like old fucking... Like, the effects mean nothing. As a matter of fact, the cheesier the effects, the better. And that was one of the shining moments of the film for me. Okay. What is a rough part to watch is that... Uh, Mad Mardigan and... Um, uh, Warwick Davis. Their chemistry isn't great. It there's this weirdness between them where I'm like, does Val Kilmer feel like this film's above him? <laughs> like the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, this feels like Val Kilmer doesn't want to be here. <laughs> um, and the plot itself. It's it's got that like that that problem with some fantasy where there's this storied history, this whole world that's been built. Almost zero context is given about the world and it focuses on the characters, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, 
but it's definitely it's 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 that fantasy for kids. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, my dad and I we watched it. We were like, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Now we have that in the databanks, and it is. I will say this much: it's very important to watch the film and know the film well enough going into the Willow show. Yeah, they they build upon that movie hardcore. Had I oh, yeah. had we not watched that movie, we would we would be very lost in the show. So, um, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about the show. We got the first four episodes to talk about. Yep, yep. And uh, the first episode is titled "The Gales," uh, and here's a breakdown on Wikipedia. In the years following the defeat of Queen Bath Morta. Her daughter, Sorsha, has become the new queen, has married Mad Mardigan, and produced two twins, Prince Eric and Prince Princess Kit. Eric has a romantic friendship with a commoner, Dove, while Kit is in love with the novice knight, Jade. Sorsha intends to seal a marriage alliance between Kit and Prince Graydon, played by Flash Thompson from the Spider-Man movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's also affected by mysterious by the mysterious disappearance of Mad Mardigan and visions a new threat known as the Gales. Several Gales, including the Scourge, the Doom, the Lich, and the Dag, attack Tirasleen, where the Lich infects Commander Ballantyne, and the Dag kidnaps Eric. Kit, Jade, Dove, Graydon, and a knight named Jorgen Case, and the incarcerated Thraxus Borman embark on a quest to rescue Eric. After crossing the barrier, the group, are, which is a magical barrier to keep evil out of Tirasling, <clears throat> the group's pursued by several bone reavers who killed the knight case. The survivors escape with the help of Borman's. Huh? I just what? giggled and said bone. Oh. The, the survivors escape, and later they find the new uh, Nelwyn Sorcerer Willow, who reveals that Dove is actually a Loredanon, and that Eric is imprisoned by the withered crone who dwells in the immemorial city beyond the Shattered Sea. And that's a synopsis of the first episode. Um, Which I'm glad they gave us, too. Okay. Uh, the second episode is called The High Aldwin, and it opens up with flashbacks of Willow, and he's journeyed to Tirasling to appeal to Queen Sorsha to allow him to train Alora Dannon in the magical arts, and she denies him, and pretty much spits in his face, saying, you know, you're, you, you're not a great sorcerer, and you never will be. You're not going to train this girl in magic. Just let her have a normal life. Um... Willow, you know, sees that she's uh, the key to victory against the Withered Crone, the leader of the Gales. So, flashback to present day, Alora, Kit, Jade, Graydon, and Borman meet the other Nelwyn villagers, including Nims, Willow's daughter. Since the Gales are searching for Alora, the group depart with Willow and several followers on a quest to rescue Eric. Meanwhile, Sorsha uh, sends Commander Ballantyne to search for Dove, as the Lich uses his magic to turn him into a disciple. Ballantyne infects his companions, and during the journey, Willow teaches Allure the magical arts, but she has trouble activating her powers. She is later kidnapped by Ballantyne, but not before using magic to create a sapling. All right. 
Now, out of those first two episodes, I think the first one was the better episode. The second one, you know, there's, it's kind of like, you know, an extended training montage for one spell. (laughs) I mean, like, I'll put it this way, especially with the first two episodes, it, it has the same feeling to me as the movie. Like, I think I text you while I was watching the film. I wish I had seen this when I was your age, when it was brand new. Yeah. Because yeah. I might have the nostalgia from it that you have. I don't oh, I have fucking that. adored it as a kid. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I realize it's not a great movie. Um, I'm still fond of it. But yeah, I've been it excited has a lot for of this. charm. It does. It has a lot of charm. I think that charm is missing in the show. You're not wrong. <laughs> so by the time the second episode ended, I think I was like, if we had decided to stop watching this show, I wouldn't be upset about it. But I'm not, you know, I don't have the mood of like, we need to stop. Like, I don't, I'm not feeling that way. I'm like, no, I'll keep, I'll keep going with it. But, you know, I, does that make sense? No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, but it was now, obvious, like that, that. That's again the thing about this show is that it's just like the actors are doing their best, but the dialogue is is pretty cheesy. The dialogue is not great, I've noticed, uh, and especially you know for this to be a fantasy setting, you get a lot of modern dialogue. That doesn't bother me as much. I mean, you got to think from this perspective. I just played God of War Ragnarok. And in both God of War Ragnarok and the first one, everything's Norse related. So why aren't they speaking Nordic? You know, they're speaking American English is what they're speaking. They have That's because of localization. Well, it's not even that. It's it's that it's the, it's the fact that it's made in a fucking America. But um, it's easier to kind of connect to characters if they're not speaking too outlandishly fantasy-based. Like, okay, let me give you an example. I would much rather watch Star Trek than Dune. Dune is so deep sci-fi, so hardcore sci-fi, that you gotta be hardcore sci-fi nerd to really enjoy Dune. Yeah. Um, But Star Trek, Star Wars... They're not like that. They're like, here, have fun with modern English. <laughs> so you can yeah. uh, so you can understand. Um, <clears throat> uh, Willow definitely doesn't want to be that type of fantasy. And I commend them for that because, again, and I cannot stress this enough, Willow is definitely fantasy for kids. One hundred percent fantasy for kids. Adults can enjoy it, but it's fantasy for kids. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I got I got nothing else on the first two episodes. So, episode three is called "The Battle of the Slaughtered Lamb," 
we see Alora's companions attempt to rescue her and fight the infected Ballantine and his men, who escape using magic. The disciples intend to deliver Alora to the crone who plans to banish her from the mortal realm. Alora escapes and meets the two woodcutters, Hubert and Anne, who are killed by Ballantine and his men. Meanwhile, Kit and Borman split from the rest of the caravan to retrieve the Lux Arcana from a tomb infested with were-rats. Ballantine and his men continue the journey with the captive Alora. Willow and the others intercept them, and a second skirmish ensues. Willow's fellow Nelwyn Silas is killed while Graydon is infected. The grieving Willow uses his magic to obliterate Ballantine's companions and weaken Ballantine. Ballantine regains his senses temporarily and implores Jade to give him a mercy killing. Afterwards, the group arrives at the one location that Willow has been wanting everyone to avoid, Nakmar. So, this episode had... This episode is probably the more entertaining ones of the four. Um, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. But also, I love that there's an actress in it that I thought it was so weird that she had basically a bit part in the whole show. Um, one of the main characters, if you will, from uh, uh, Ted Lasso is in, is in this episode. Oh, yeah? But she gets killed off real quick. Is that one of the axe ladies? Yes, that's the first axe lady. Okay. The, the one, one that, that was talks. standing up to him. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's Ted Lasso's boss. Oh, okay. I can't remember her character name for the life of me, because you know, you know me and names. Rebecca, that's her character's name. God. Now, the actress's name, that ain't coming into my brain ever. Um... <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I was like, I we because my dad and I were watching it, and I was like, she's so familiar. Where the fuck do I know her from? And then it cut to a different scene, I think with Borman and and what's her ass, and uh, what's her ass, Kit, Kit, thank you. And uh, and then it cut back, and I go, I pause, and I go, do you recognize her, Dad? And he goes, No, should I? And I was like, Uh huh. And he goes, I don't, I don't know who it is. And I go. That's Ted Lasso's uh, um, uh, boss, Rebecca. And he goes, no, it's not. No, it's not. And I was like, hey, good luck. He goes, holy shit, it is. <laughs> and then she gets she gets stabbed later. But they're like, well, that was quick. <laughs> that was a quick bit rule for her, I guess. Yeah. But I, I have to. I have to imagine that she was friends with somebody working on the show and they were and she was a big fan of Willow or whatever, because that would make sense. What do you think of the third episode? Uh, I thought it was a lot more entertaining um, than the second one. Uh, absolutely. Now, as for the fourth episode, that one is called The Whispers of Nakmar. Uh, you see the group taking refuge from the rain in Bab Morda's abandoned castle. The rain is a full-on fucking storm, and the lightning blew up their wagon. What the hell? The rain. 
Anyway, they take refuge in Badmorda's abandoned castle. There, Willow prepares to exercise Graydon of the Lich's demonic influence with the help of Kit and Elora. Jade warns over Ballantyne's passing regarding him as a mentor. While retrieving ingredients for the exorcism ceremony, Kit experiences visions of her grandmother Badmorda, who is descended from a dark line known as the Blood of the Six. Kit learns that Badmorda pledged allegiance to the Crone. Meanwhile, Elora experiences visions of her birth and her mother's subsequent death. The possessed Graydon breaks free and tricks Elora into entering the High Tower, where he plans to complete the ceremony to banish her. Willow, along with Kit, Jade, and Borman, join forces to successfully exercise uh, the Lich from Graydon. In response, the Crone tasks the Lich, Scourge, Doom, and Dag with killing the entire group except Elora. Elsewhere, the captive Eric awakes to find himself inside an abandoned decimated city. Um, so. Can I tell say? you the thing that I like least about the show Willow? What's that? Willow. Oh, Okay. He drives me fucking nuts. And this was just another example. Like, (laughs) I don't know why no one's calling him out on some of this shit. But, like, he's just randomly a dick for no reason. (laughs) It bothers the shit out of me. Like, there's the whole scene where where he's trying to train fucking Alora as the apprentice, right? Mm-hmm. And he just has like his patience is fucking razor thin. Yeah, it drives me nuts, and nobody calls him out on it. Like they're in that final room, the the tower. I don't fucking the high tower. I don't fucking remember to call that room. Basically, where the end of fucking Willow took place, mm-hmm. the movie. And fucking Kit's like, "Hey, you're a Laura. You know how to do this shit. It's inherent in you. Fucking help." Save him right now. Meanwhile, fucking Willow's being held back by something. Uh, never addressed. And, and some type of golem. Yeah, it was weird. A dwarf sh- like, a dwarf-sized go- golem. <laughs> he goes, Don't do it, Alora. Damn it, don't do it. And I'm like, okay, she goes over, she does it, she's successful. And then everyone's just like, that's cool. No one goes, hey Willow, you fucking you, 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 is it peak, pike, peck? A peck. peck. There we go. Peck. peck. You fucking peck, you're a dick. Like, no one does that. They're just like, eh. <laughs> he yelled at her, but that's fine. It's, it's weird. Is it not weird, or am I the only one to fucking think this shit? Like, it's fucking weird. He's coming across as very angry Luke Skywalker in his portrayal of Willow. Like, angry, bitter old Luke, deconnected from the Force. But it's not having the effect that it's desired. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's really not. Like, it's a bit bothersome to me. Like, it genuinely is. And he's, it's constant. Ever since he's been introduced, he's been like this. There's like a handful of scenes where I'm like, that was fun. That was funny. 
But it's like he's trying to teach her the one fucking spell. She's never done magic in her entire life. And he's like, you should know this immediately. And I'm like, you're the worst fucking teacher. Yeah. Holy shit. Like your character in the movie was like, please give me patience so I can learn how to do this shit. Like that was his character's fucking entire thing. And all of a sudden, like, fucking Twitter, and he's just like, I'm a bitter old man. Immediately, I'm like, what the fuck happened? This is ridiculous. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. It's just bugging the shit out of me. And, you know, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll get some explanation as to why his character has become such a bitter old fart. You know, obviously, it's probably got to play into his rejection by Sorsha and denial of being able to train Allura when she was a kid and her insult that he would never be a great sorcerer. But why is he being a dick like that? I I would understand that if he was being a dick to maybe um, Sorsha's kid. Yeah. But he's being a dick to everybody. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and I hope they do address it because it's. It's not fun to watch, I can promise you that. Just constantly, like, I'm like, you're supposed to be the main fucking character, but you're the least likable character in this whole show so far. The show should be called Borman and everybody else. <laughs> I like, like his character by far the best. I like Borman. Also, I read that uh, it's not out of the realm that uh, Mad Mardigan won't show up later. They left it intentionally open because... Valcomer couldn't show up due to uh, COVID. Oh. Yeah. So. We might get him later, but who knows. All right. Well, um, so far, I'm going to give the show a solid B minus. Yeah, I'm give a, a flat B. I mean, it's good, but it's not. It's not. A tier, definitely not A tier. No. Um, but it's fun. It has its moments and it's got promise, but it lacks that charm that the original movie had. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I mean, but the I find the use of covers, these haunting covers of songs at the end of the fucking episodes weird. But I will say that fucking cover of Black Hole Sun was amazing. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm enjoying. I really like the the one for um, uh, Metallica. The the what the fuck was that song? Interstellar. 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 I, I liked yeah. that one. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Oh well, you know we're gonna keep watching it. We're gonna get through the series and see if it picks up or if it. Uh, doesn't do what we would like to do. I don't know. Let's put that. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Um, well, I, unless you got any other words on uh, Willow, I'm going to do our outro and get us the hell out of here. No, no. I, you know, I'm sticking with it, remaining hopeful, you know, enjoying it, but not loving it. But I'm not hating it, you know. Oh. Uh, but yeah, let's get out of here. It's almost ten o'clock, and I'm tired. Yeah, 
Uh, so yeah, next week, guys, episode five of Willow, and uh, we're gonna—I've already watched the whole thing, but Maya's got to watch it, so that's why we're not reviewing it today. But we're going to review the show Wednesday on uh, Netflix. You know, the highest watched show since season four. Well, like, I think it's the second highest watched show on Netflix, over, like ever. So, which is fucking wild. Um, but yeah, so so we're gonna we're gonna review that. Uh, that's it. That's all we're getting. That's that's, that's all we got. Next week. Um. Guys, make sure you check out our socials listed down below. If we do add anything, which could be a possibility this week, we will try to let you know on the social medias. We should have been doing that, letting you guys know that we weren't recording or anything like that because of stuff going on in personal life. But personal life caught up and we just didn't do it. So there's that. But definitely follow us regardless so we can try to communicate to you guys. Um, check out our Teespring store. Um, that's where you'll find uh, any kind of merchandise that you want to support us with and all the proceeds of that go into the podcast itself. Uh, if you want to watch today's live video of the feed, uh, that'll be on our YouTube channel. Um, so go check that out. Give it a like, a follow, all that jazz. We appreciate it. That link is also down below. Um, go check out the, uh, my Twitch channel, uh, Chub Rock Geek. Go give that a follow when things kind of slow down from I and I and things get back to a, a level of normalcy. We'll get back to Jackbox streams. Um, also, I don't know how much I'll be able to do it. I tried streaming recently, not recently, but a few weeks ago, and it kept cutting, like just cutting the stream off, like after an hour. So I don't know if it was the game I was playing or my Xbox itself, but yeah, that's been an, that's been a thing. But regardless, we'll try to we'll try to get some Jackbox streams in. Um, that's Maya. Where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. It also has my Instagram and Twitter accounts uh, attached to it. It's your one-stop shop for everything I'm up to. And you know you want to see those pics of me. You do. You I do. wish you hadn't whispered that in my ear, but <laughs> uh, where can people find you, Greg? Um, you can follow me on I am sorry, before I start, IGN just tweeted that James Gunn revealed that he's met with Ben Affleck to possibly uh direct an upcoming DC movie. Jesus okay. Christ. <laughs> uh you can follow me on all socials listed down below. Um or not list down below. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Jesus Christ. Follow me on all socials under Chub Rock Geek is what it is. Um, I'm still uploading clips to our to my Twitch channel, or not Twitch, but uh, Twitter Twitter page, um, which are pretty funny. I genuinely think that they're funny. Um, and I got to start doing some solo reviews. Like, even if they're just, like, I, I finished all of fucking God of War Ragnarok. Like, I should probably do a review for that. Who the fuck knows? Anyway, um, guys, thank you so much for listening again next week. Willow episode five, Wednesday on Netflix. Check those out. Come join us. Um, and always remember, fuck the GOP. Fuck the NRA. Donate and help where you can. People are in need, especially this time of the year. We'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody.